Hello and welcome to the Undetected Narcissist Podcast. Your host will be Angela Meyer, and she will be talking about several mental health subjects and topics, shining a light on a subject that most people consider taboo, shifting your perspective from confusion maybe into clarity. So enjoy the show and thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Undetected Narcissist. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Mackenzie, and she works for an amazing company that helps people create a safety plan for when you're in domestic violence situations. She helps you also create an exit plan, and she has great wisdom and knowledge and resources to share with everyone here today. So, Mackenzie, tell us about the company that you work for and what they they do for the community, the people in your area. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for an agency called Bradley Angle, and we serve folks in the Multnomah County, Portland area of Oregon. Um, and we provide those support services for survivors of domestic violence. Um, and that looks it, like in a lot of different ways. We have wraparound services um, for housing assistance. Um, and things relating to supporting folks that might be coming out of financial abuse or have experienced some financial abuse, as well as a variety of different support groups and programs culturally specific for um, folks that are from communities that experience more violence than most, um, but are drastically underrepresented. So our LGBTQ plus community, um, our Black and African American community. Um, So we provide those specific resources for um, those folks, um, as well as all folks that might be experiencing some form of domestic or sexual violence. So I wanted people to really grasp the concept because I feel there is a misconception about domestic violence where a lot of people think, well, domestic violence is just physical abuse, but I know it's not. And I would like for you to share with the listeners that same exact, like, how is it not? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, in my role, I work with folks every day that will ask me like, is this abuse? I mean, they're not hitting me or not physically abusing me, but, um, they're controlling my finances or, um, they're very verbally abusive to me. Like, does that still count as domestic abuse or, um, domestic violence? Um, and as you said, Violence comes in so many different forms. Physical is typically what we've heard about and maybe seen more in pop culture, so to say. Um, But it comes in so many different forms. It could be verbal abuse. It could be you have someone who's um, yelling you and verbally degrading you. Um, You could have someone who is emotionally abusive, emotionally manipulative, Um, even spiritual abuse for folks that come from spiritual backgrounds or faith communities. Um, We see that a lot, too of just um, how folks can use their spirituality or religion to manipulate or control um, their partners or folks in their family. Um, Financial abuse is another one, just controlling those finances and um, maybe not um, having other folks being able to have access to their financial resources. Um, Really, Domestic violence is just another person exhibiting control or manipulating another person to get control over that person. So again, we see it a lot physically, but violence and domestic violence comes in all different forms. Okay, awesome. And so when someone wanted to, let's say, create a safety plan, 
a safety plan could be used as, let's say you want to stay with the person, um, but you need to keep yourself safe and your kiddos safe and the animals safe. Can you go a little bit more into, you know, how you help people with that? Yeah, of course. Um, so a safety plan um, for folks that may not be ready to leave their abuser or are not looking to leave their abuser, or even if they're not if they find themselves in a situation where they're not able to exit safely just yet, a safety plan is there to kind of figure out, have like those action plans in place um, that can keep you physically safe um, or even emotionally safe in those moments where you're seeing your partner or abuser just get more volatile. Um, so if we think of um, a situation where you are, um, your partner has come home or for whatever reason, and they're starting to get like really riled up and you're noticing those signs of um, them getting a lot more frustrated, angry. Um, a lot of the times we do this sort of safety planning in moments of physical abuse. So um, you're seeing those signs that you know that that person may physically cause harm to you um, or to folks around you, whether that be kids or maybe other um, family members or folks part of the household. So safety plans are there to um, make sure that you are able to separate in those situations um, and be able to keep yourself safe. So it it's a lot of thinking about like um, where do those moments of um, escalation happen? How do you keep yourself like away? Like um, if you notice like your partner is getting a little bit more, you're in the kitchen and they're getting like really volatile. Um, you need to remove yourself from the kitchen because sometimes there are sharp objects in the kitchen, like knives or um, anything that might be uh, used to like throw at you. Um, so how do you remove yourself from that situation as well as like keeping um, the folks around you safe? So if you have like children um, or folks, other members of your household, having code words in place. Um, so if you are noticing your abuser getting more volatile, um, you have a code word in place or a phrase in place that when you say it, um, your kiddos or other family members know to maybe go over to the neighbor's house or go to another room or go somewhere else where they will be kept safe. Um, so safety plans are kind of like more in the moment, like how do you keep yourself physically safe when you're noticing escalation? Okay. And then kind of unpack the exit plan, how you, how you incorporate that. And I loved when we were talking a little bit earlier, like you really got to be careful who you share that information yep. with because I've known it to backfire on people. Yep, absolutely. Um, I would not share an exit plan with a lot of folks. Um, you That is typically, it's really keep it as private information because you don't want a lot of folks knowing. You want maybe a handful of folks that you know and trust well who are part um, and who also kind of know what your situation is. Um, so safety plans can definitely turn into exit plans. So exit plans are if you are looking to exit your uh, situation, if you're looking to exit, um, move away or relocate from your um, person that's causing you harm. Um, so again, what that looks like, um, if you have identified that you're in a situation where you can exit, um, 
that's when you would implement your safety plan slash exit plan. So things to think about um, is, again, it's really helpful if you're able to include someone in on what your situation is, that you are looking to exit this situation. Um, and if they're also a, per, um, a person that may be able to um, house you in that event, if you're looking to exit, um, or just also be able to support you in that. And just, it's a safety thing, obviously, that right. someone knows what's going on. And so when you want to exit, um, you're able to notify them. And so they're able um, to know what's going on, like kind of every step of the way. And so things to think about if you're looking to create an exit plan, um, first, where can you go? Where is a safe place that you can go, um, that maybe your person that's causing you harm doesn't know, um, or would be a safe place from your person who's causing you harm, um, start collecting items that you would need to relocate. So, um, whether like start like making a go bag that has like clothes, toiletries, things like that, important documentation and hard copies of those documentation. Like um, if you have kids like birth certificates, um, insurance information, stuff like that, um, as well as being able to have a good amount of cash on you. Because as we mentioned, abuse comes in a lot of different ways. And part of that is financial. So if the person that's causing you harm has primary access or any access to your financial um, things like credit cards, debit cards, things like that. Make sure you have cash on you in the event that they, for whatever reason, cancel those cards, cancel those accounts, close those accounts, and you don't have access to them. Um, also having like any, any important documentation that you would need, having that uh, printed out as well as um, a written copy of, or, um, a written list of important numbers that you would need, like um, like any sort of cell phone numbers um, in the event that you don't have access to your phone anymore, uh, whether the person that's causing you harm takes it from you, turns off your phone. There's a lot of different things that could go um, in that direction. Well, they could have a tracker on your phone too. So, yeah, so you may not even be able to have your phone. Yeah. For me, I would be like, you got to have like a cheap you know, temporary phone. Yeah. Like know, a burner or something. Yeah. Like that. And have everyone's phone numbers in there because like you said, if they take away your phone, a lot of us don't even know what our phone number is or what our friend's phone number is because back in the day we memorize that stuff. But, exactly. But now we don't, <laughs> we don't like a lot of times someone will ask me, well, what's your phone number? And I'm like, well, let me log into my phone to tell you what my phone number is. Absolutely. That is, yeah, that's very true. Um, and even just like phone numbers of like um, doctor's offices, yeah. um, insurance people, things that you would think that you would at any point need if you um, didn't have any access to your phone and would need to contact um, these people for other reasons, or even just phone numbers of different resource agencies available. Um there's always like the call to safety number, which is always a great crisis line number, um, as well as you, if you're working already with another agency, if you have an advocate, having their contact information written down on a burner phone, however it is that you can access that information. Um, and so that's kind of along the lines that you want to be thinking about when prepping for exiting. 
Um, and then if you're thinking about exiting and have uh, like friends, family member, a neighbor that might know the situation, um, cluing them in on your exit plan, let them know what you're, what you're planning to do. Um, and then coming up with um, having them be a part of your exit plan. So in the event that you um, have identified that you're in a situation where you can exit, um, that either you're able to call them and say like whatever code word or code phrase um, that you come up with so that they know like, okay, it's happening. This person is executing their exit plan and I need to be ready. Um, and even if those folks are able to store a go bag for you, store that vital information, store that cash that you have been saving up, um, that way it's just less that you need to worry about when you have been able to identify a situation that you can exit. Um, so cluing people in is one of the biggest things that you can do in an exit plan or any sort of safety plan. Just having other people know what's going on, what your plan is, um, is a really great way to um, contribute to keeping you um, and your family safe when you are exiting. Right. And I would just say being really, really selective of the people yeah. that you you do pick because if they, you know, are friends with him or they know him, um, the problem a lot of people face is a person that's like that is a smooth talker. They know how to charm. They know how to play the victim. They know how to shed fake tears mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, seem like, you know, oh, she's been lying to you this whole time. You can't fall for that stuff you yeah seriously you can't and um and then it can and it can be hard because it really is a form of manipulation and it's a tactic it's, and it's a tool and um and yeah so just really being you know mindful and and careful and and especially like with your vehicle i gotta say um sometimes they can put a tracker on it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I know there are mechanic places that if you suspect that is, you know, happening, then um, they can actually do a sweep on your vehicle to see if there's anything I've, I've heard of, you know, mechanic places doing that. Or you just have someone else drive you because I was going to say, have your person yeah. can pick you up if you can. Yes. Yeah. Would, you know, would be easier, you know, just trying to, to do that. So what else does, um, I loved it how when we were kind of talking earlier, how um, in each different state, there is organizations that people can call. So let's tell people about that. Because why I think this is important to share is you mentioned like, let's say someone's relocating from one state to another state. They've, you know, they got to find these other resources. So let's share that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are some national resources that have different kind of outposts, so to say, um, in different spa um, states. So there's the um, Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Um, I'm familiar with the Oregon Coalition, um, but every state should have its own coalition. Um, 
And you should be able to access that if you have a um, computer or able to access any sort of like online resources, those become available and have the um, safety exits if um, or safe like uh, window exits in the event that um, you're no longer in a safe space and you need to close out of that quickly, as well as the national hotline for domestic violence also has a website that has um, a variety of different resources. They actually have a really wonderful interactive safety plan. If you're looking to um, just start thinking through that process and actually start writing it out, um, they have a really wonderful um, interactive sort of questionnaire when it comes to safety planning. And that's the um, national hotline for domestic violence. Um, but if you are um, like working with any agency already and you're looking to relocate, um, and you have an advocate, or this is something I do a lot with folks, if um, they're calling in and they're in Portland, but they're looking to relocate to another city or another state, and they don't know what those resources are going to be when they relocate, um, that's something that I do a lot of research on and making sure that those folks know what their resources are before going to that um whatever city. And that's something that I do really encourage if folks are um, in a position where they can research ahead of time, if they're looking to relocate to a different city, what are your domestic violence resources um, and getting connected with them and just let them know that um, what your situation is so that you can know ahead of time what those support services look like, um, or even just so that they know a little bit more about you before you show up. Um, and if they have, if you're looking to relocate and need shelter, um, if you need any sort of assistance with um, what it looks like to get protective orders in a different state, um, it's really beneficial to get connected with those agencies if you're able to. I also understand that some people with their exit plan just have to exit and get up and run and um, they end up in a different city or state and um aren't able to do that sort of like ahead research. Um, but if you're in a position where you can do that, or if you've relocated and you want to know what your um, resources are in your county state, um, if you just even uh, Google like your city and domestic violence resources, you'll see it come up. Okay. And I would think too, like, I know sometimes there is that whole you know, manipulation and control where they'll take away the internet, they'll take away yep. the phone, they'll take away everything. So I would suggest like if you had a friend or even a family member that knew about your situation, ask them to do the research. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally ask them to do that research for you. And, um, and, you know, just try to find the you know, the nicest way to you know, get all that access, all that information, you know, to you. And I know a lot of people definitely worry about the financial aspect, but I do know there are agencies out there, correct, that help with the, you know, when they put you in that financial situation where you have no cash, you're like, well, I don't want to be homeless. I don't have money for food or anything like that. Do you have resources to agencies that help people like that in those situations? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is, um, they've relocated and they're looking for um, a shelter, like temporary shelter, or if they um, need assistance with like move-in costs or deposits, that's a really big thing that we see because moving in and of itself is expensive. Right. Um, and then if you tack on all the stress of relocating from a domestic violence situation, that's just another 
um, another stressor that makes it a very overwhelming process. But there are agencies that are able to assist financially um, with those move-in costs and those deposits. I will say um, in the state of Oregon, um, there's the domestic violence grant um, for folks if they have children under the age of 18 in their custody. Um, that is an oper- um, that is a, um, a resource available for survivors of domestic violence that have kids, again, in their custody under the age of 18. That goes towards like relocation costs um, and security costs, things like that. Um, and I, um, I don't know about other states if they offer a similar grant, but um, that's always something I would say to look out for if you're able to get connected with your local DHS um, and see what their domestic violence resources are, especially financial. Um, but those that as well as um, motel vouchers are something that we see a lot of. Um, if someone um, is kind of in an emergency situation and um, whether they need something not quite as long-term as shelter stay, um, or if there's shelters, if there isn't shelter space availability, um, some agencies can offer like motel vouchers, hotel vouchers, things like that. Okay. That's really, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we did not talk about that you want to, you know, share with people around this, you know, subject? And, or oh, things wow, that yeah. go on in your agency that we we didn't talk about. Yeah, well, um, definitely if anyone is looking to safety plan, um, I can speak more to the kind of just like general resources in Multnomah County, um, too, for folks that are in Portland, in um, the Multnomah County surrounding metro area. Um, if you have questions or um, are looking just to know more about your resources, um, you're always welcome to contact Bradley Angle and as well as me at Bradley Angle. Um, and just if you want to talk about resources, um, if you're ready to access some of those resources, I know it's a scary step to start thinking about safety or exit planning. Um, so even if you're just looking for someone to who is knowledgeable and willing to support you in creating that. I'm happy to help as well as um, you have a variety of different resources in Multnomah County. There's um, Raphael House, um, as well as West Women and Children's Shelter. That's a domestic violence shelter here in Multnomah County. Um, And the Gateway Center specifically is a, um, they have navigators available um, to support you in uh, your resources um, in Multnomah County as well. Um, I know I'm trying to think of like, I want to summarize all the things, um, (laughs) in like one neat sentence. Um, I will say to, um, Bradley Angle, we have a, um, our, um, housing team puts on a safety council, um, like a, uh, it's not necessarily a workshop, but a presentation really of what to start thinking about with safety planning um, things if you're looking and ready to start creating a safety plan uh, or if you're just curious about more information we have a safety council that kind of goes over that um, and I believe our next one sorry let me peek at my calendar really quick I believe it's next Wednesday um, but if folks are interested in that as well I think I can send you uh, the form that if you can post it somewhere, um, but yes. they're also welcome to email me. 
Yeah. So what I normally do is when I do the podcast, I always do a blog post and I put down things that we talked about and all of the resources so people know how to get a hold of you and connect with you and anything you have. So if you do want to email that information to me, I'll put it on the blog post. And of course, I always have you, you know, review it before it actually goes live. So it's like, yes, this looks great. Or, oh, I want to add this or stuff like that. Because I just, I want people to have access to this information and these tools because it's, it's so important. And like you said, Mm -hmm. it can be really, really scary because there's a part of you that knows you have to leave. And then there's another part of you that's, you get, you get all these mixed messages, like you're going to destroy the family. You're going to ruin your kids' lives. You know, you have all these fears on one side, but then the other side, it's like, it's, slowly killing you it's just destroying your sense of self you know your worth your 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 life and so it's really important to just you've got to choose you instead of the you know all those messages and all those fears that are being you know planted in your mind because that's the thing they do is they they plant the seed but you're the one that waters it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really scary too. If you don't even know where to start. I know. Um, you may be in a place where you're able to identify this is abuse, this is violence, and I want out. But if you don't know where to start, that's really scary and that's really hard. And you're you don't really know where to go from there. And that can feel really isolating and trapped too. But um, I think the biggest thing I want folks to know is they're not alone in this. They don't have to be alone in this. There are resources available to walk with you and support you, um, whether you're looking to exit or if you are wanting to stay and just want resources available to keep you safe. Um, I think that's important for folks to know is that you deserve to be safe um, and that there are thing there are different resources available to support you in that. So, so I wanted to ask a question because I, this just kind of popped in my mind. Let's say your family isn't supportive and you don't have much friends because they pushed all your friends away and isolated everyone. So you really are isolated. If you do reach out to, let's say a support place, do they, can they assign you like a a support person? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So different, I can speak for Bradley Angle. Um, We have advocates available. Um, Specifically, yeah, yeah, advocates will be available. Um, Specifically, we see advocates for our culturally specific programs. So as I mentioned, we have, um, we see a lot of communities that face more violence than others um, and have drastically lower resources available to them. So we have um, one-on-one advocates available for our Marcia's Folks program for our LGBTQ plus community, as well as for our Black and African American community through our Healing Roots and Kinship program. Um, And if you go through DHS, I believe you get assigned um, a worker too that supports you through that, Um, as well as there are many culturally specific agencies in um, Portland that do that sort of advocacy. Um, so there are advocates available, um, and, um, are 
able to walk you through the different process as well as be that support system that family might not be able to provide to you, friends might not, might not be able to provide to you. Um, you have a community and you have a, um, a support system. We also offer support groups at Bradley Angle too. Um, so we have our trauma recovery empowerment group called TREM for short. Um, that's open to all women identifying folks um, for that sort of um to be around other folks that have experienced maybe something similar to what you've experienced um, and encourage each other towards uh, recovering from the different traumas that come from being in a violent situation. Um, So that's the Bradley Angle side of things, but they're also just a wealth of resources specifically for domestic violence survivors um, through the different agencies in Multnomah County. Okay, great. Yeah, because I, I know there's some people out there that, let's say, don't have a car and don't have, you know, anyone to fall on. So they feel even more lost and even more helpless. But I want them to know that that's not the case. There is help out there. There are people out there that are actually designed to, you know, support you, you know, and keep you safe and your kiddos safe and everyone safe during, you know, this difficult time. So. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, I have totally enjoyed this, this interview, Mackenzie, and thank you so much. It means a lot to me. And I know it will mean a lot to a lot of other people to know that, you know, there's hope, you know, mm-hmm. there's hope out there. So yeah. you have a fantastic rest of your day. And um, thank you again. You as well, Angela. Thanks so All much right, for having me. Care. All right. Bye.